right, all right, keep your hair on. Lots of people have become very, well, some people have become very um, foamy about Netflix documentary Sons of Sam because, God damn it, it leaves a lot out about David Berkowitz and whether or not he was affected by his childhood and the way he was brought up and his adoption and, or, you know, whether it was, whether he was a killer because of nurture or nature, whether he was born in inverted commas, evil, evil, or whether it was something that happened in his life. Yeah, that's all very well and good, but actually this, um, this documentary is not about David Berkowitz and the cue is in the title, the clue is in the title, shall I say. This is about the sons of Sam. Not the son of Sam, or the point .44 killer. This is about the sons of Sam. So, it's not about Mr. B. It's about something else entirely, actually. And it's about Mr. T. Not that Mr. T. You ain't getting on no plane. Not about that. It's about a different Mr. T. Because what director Joshua Zaman does after setting up the background here and actually providing some good context, because I'm quite into serial killer programs. If it bleeds, it leads and all that. Um, and so I've seen uh, programs about uh, about Mr. B. And um, this adds vital context because there was a feeling that, well, you know, it's indiscriminate, this really. I mean, we know he's, he aims at all the killing is of a lot of couples, but really we don't know why he does it. There's no um, robbery or rape or anything else involved. Mainly it's just shoot and run. And people were very concerned about that. But another reason why, and this adds uh, some vital context, really, which I'd not thought about, was that, you know, New York City was having terrible times financially in the um, mid-90s through to the late-90s, really. Um, Well, actually, no, the mid-90s, because you do have the famous um, Gerald Ford tells New York City, go to hell, because he refused to give them money. That was the headline, because he refused to give them money because uh, when they were almost bankrupt. And the um, the mayor, Abraham Beam, was um, was cutting police. 10,000 10, police, it's thought, in this documentary, he was planning to cut. And so there were less people on the streets. So it was more of a lawlessness situation. Around this time, you've also got the uh, the blackout and the looting and all of that. So it sets the scene very well. What you also get in this first episode is lots of people who survived um, providing um, information that was then, you know, drawings of of the assailant, none of whom looked like Berkowitz, who when he was finally um, brought to book, as he said, you got me. He... One of the reasons why it was, people were so interested in him, and there was a Ferrari, and that's shown very well in the first episode. One of the things that was so interesting to people was that he seemed so, in inverted commas, ordinary. He didn't look like Richard Ramirez, who had the dark, glowering looks and the sharp teeth. He didn't look conventionally good-looking like Ted Bundy, so you had the question, I don't think he could have done that. He looked so athletic and so good-looking. He looked like somebody next door. It's the Dennis Nilsson situation, isn't it? And so people were very, very interested. But that's not what this documentary is about. David Ber- Berkowitz is all over this documentary. Of course, you've, you've got, you do have that, but generally what this documentary does is posit a theory that he didn't act alone. It's called The Sons of Sam and his 
more or less next door neighbours, were two brothers who were the sons of a gentleman called Sam, who did treat them allegedly badly, and also locked them in an attic, allegedly, which is detailed in the first letter the police received from the son of Sam, or the, or the .44 killer. And what it then does is becomes a story about somebody else, about a journalist who allowed this situation and his theories about it to consume his life, to wreck his marriage, to, not to wreck his life, but in a way, yes, because he never received the the plaudits I think he thought he deserved. He wanted to be seen as a as a, a journalist who'd broken a big story and wanted to be seen as someone who was legitimised for that. This is Maury Terry, who posits a theory that it, that Berkowitz didn't act alone. Indeed, one of the witnesses said, well, I saw him on the street here, so he couldn't possibly have got to the spot where, he was, where he's alleged to have killed a couple at this time because he just couldn't have done it in time. And as he posits this theory and starts to look at this, then it grows, everything grows as as theories tend to, and we get involved with um, occultism. Oh, people have pointed out, yeah, not devil worship, although that's what that's what the the kind of advert said. Again, if it bleeds, it leads. So you've got murder, you've got Satanism, or you know, or that kind of thing, and that's. That's exciting for people, but certainly occultism and occult interest. And then it spreads out to involve a church. The Process Church started in uh, in London and then came to America. Process uh, Church um, acolytes arriving with German or had German shepherds with them. There was a, a spot at the at the back of where Berkowitz and the Sons of Sam lived that uh, um, that was um, thought to be a place where Satan was worshipped. German shepherd dogs were found killed. And when I'm saying the sons of Sam, I'm not saying that they are um, definitely involved in this. I'm saying they were the sons of a man called Sam. That's what I am saying. I'll call them his friends. Or his associates, but his friends, perhaps, because we can't, there's no proof that this happened. And as Terry allows this to um, to consume his life, we do have a, a, a talk with his, with his ex-wife, who still loves him very much. We do see him struggling to get his, his story published and his ex-boss saying, I didn't really believe it, very intelligent gentleman, can discourse, but didn't believe that at all. Of course the police don't believe this. So there are people within the NYPD who are looking at this and told to, thank you very much for your time, now go away. And of course, there's an ex-chief police, uh, of police, police of chief, chief of police who's saying, definitely not, this didn't happen. And even during uh, the, the interviews for the documentary saying, I still believe it didn't happen, he acted alone. Of course they want to say this. The mayor was up for re-election and nobody wants to say, well, we've got somebody in custody, but you know, this still might be happening because there are lots, because there are a couple of people we think who might be out there. Don't want that, do you? It's all about managing risk here. 
So of course they won't say, yes, Mr. Terry, please do bring your information to us and we will reopen that case. But it does eventually get reopened. And they do eventually look at this. When time has passed, not immediately, because it's too febrile then. Of course, Berkowitz admits to the murders and he's given uh, life sentences for all of those murders. And there are six and seven people injured. Some very badly. And this documentary, it races along. It's an interesting story because it has quite a lot of those elements. You know, as I say, murder, occultism, absolute obsession, and that kind of world-weary New York patter, which I really happen to like. Um, And a great 70s, some great 70s film, which I really love too. The dirt, the degradation of New York City at the time. Even in the tourist parts. Of course, Maury eventually wrote a book and it was popular and um, went on lots of TV programmes to be attacked by hosts, you know, and, and, and who either wanted to attack him as somebody who didn't know what he was talking about, or, or a fantasist, or wanted to run with that and say, these are all occult, occult people serving Satan, drinking blood, where you can see Terry on lots of occasions in this documentary thinking, I really don't want to be here. This is a serious situation. I am a serious journalist. And just when you're beginning to think this is probably now settling into a pattern I know, he gets an interview, a sit-down interview with Berkowitz, who has, who is in jail, of course, and has committed to Christianity, who then tells him, it wasn't just me. There were other people there. And and, and in, in a really interesting and quite um, tense interchange, she goes through, Terry goes through each of the killings. Was it you? No, that wasn't me. Was that you? Yes, that was me. It, it really tense. Just saying yes or no. It, it's it's really well done, and this gives him some legitimacy, Maury. Um, as does his book, which people there are so many people who really like, and he um, he then goes to a um, a local news team, the anchor woman of, of, of whom says, well, I think that we'll, because he's already had, um, he's already had lots of newspaper interest and other TV interest. So it's not as if people aren't interested in Maury Terry's story. It's just that he wants legitimacy. This is not the kind of story that's going to get you that because people see dollar signs and viewership. And when he does go and see Berkowitz again, with the help or the or the interest of the local news team, which would be more interesting to him because it's a local news team, local TV journalists, the woman who was leading that says, well, I wasn't sure during the um, the interview whether he was pushing too, too hard. We do see that interview and a lot of people say it's like an interrogation and it does seem as if Maury Terry is desperate to get that information. It's a really sad moment, actually. Very different to the first interview. He's really desperate to get more information 
to get the information to to nail the people who were there as well. There's a story of of, of one of the people who was killed uh, of it being filmed for a for a snuff movie and then being linked to a to a producer. Um, so he's trying to nail that side of it. As things get bigger, the central story of he didn't act alone, these people acted with him, kind of gets lost in, well, there's Occult and a snuff movie, and then there's another killing, um, a terrible, horrible killing uh, of a woman in a church, and some of the horrible, grotesque sexual stuff that's done to her, is, it, the detail is appalling, and Moriterry had a... Um, had a feeling and a, and, a, and a view and a theory on that as well. It was a security guard. And after Maury Ter- Terry, Terry's death, in fact, a long time after, in 2018, because this is still, was still going on, the police linked DNA from that death to the security guard. And there is footage from um, a personal police cam, you know, from the, from the, um, from the clothing of them going to his house and him saying, hang on a minute, I can't, I'm, I'm still getting dressed. And then saying, we're coming in, him having a gun and then shooting himself. Maury Terry was right about certain things, whether he was right about everything, whether the people who were the sons of Sam are actually the sons of Sam, killer, killers, is not really being... Not, is, has not been proved and the police aren't keen to do that either. They're not keen to look at that. It's all nicely tied up in a bow. Berkowitz is in jail saying, I did it. So why would you go any further? This documentary tells us certain things. It tells us many things, in fact. It's salacious to a certain extent, but it doesn't push that too much. It tells us um, the way that, that the poli- that police work is... Um, sold to the public, which always happens. It's a cultural and social social thing. Tells us, and it gives us an emotional story of Berkowitz and a man who didn't fit in anywhere and now fits in somewhere, perhaps. And Maury Terry, a man who couldn't find peace, was always restless. And I, I suspect if it hadn't been this case, it would be something else. Couldn't rest. It's a sad story of, um, at, it, at its heart, at its core, of people who are not connecting. Berkowitz doesn't connect with anything. He's not. He, he doesn't fit in anywhere. Terry doesn't really connect with anyone. He doesn't fit in anywhere. He desperately wants to, and so does Berkowitz. And they are the two jousting people in this documentary. But it is a story about human condition as serial killing stories always should be. But this is not just about the son of Sam or the .44 killer. This is about humanity. And that's, I think, what people don't really want to see or get upset about. If you want to to say somebody was born evil, then you can. But I won't think that. And neither does this documentary. It is, however, a four and a half out of five because it's a really immersive watch. Ta-ta.